from the Credit Union National Association. This is the CUNA News Podcast. Credit Union people. Credit Union ideas. Pride Month has assumed a different tone this year, with restrictions around the coronavirus and protests related to the Black Lives Matter movement. Alternatives Federal Credit Union in Ithaca, New York, is focused on leveraging community partnerships to create a safer environment for the LGBTQ community. I'm Ron Jose, a senior editor with CUNA News. In this podcast, Chris Kane, Chief Experience Officer with Alternatives Federal, describes how her organization is hosting a series of workshops and virtual webinars about its Transaction Financial Empowerment Program. The program provides access to funds to support gender affirmation, such as hormone therapy, vocal coaching, new wardrobes, legal documentation updates, and procedures without the risks of high-interest credit or predatory lenders. As Kane says in this interview, even without the parades and festivals that usually mark Pride Month, Alternatives Federal seeks to create an open dialogue within the LGBTQ community 12 months a year. Can you tell us a little bit about what uh, Alternatives Federal Credit Union is doing to celebrate Pride Month? This is a different year on a lot of levels. And I know you guys are a leader in your area, in a lot of areas. Just tell us what you're doing this year. This year for Pride Month, is, as you said, is a little bit different. We're having some very coordinated, collaborative action in our community. Specifically, what we're doing is we are having a series of workshops and virtual webinars, educating people about our transaction financial empowerment program. And I'll talk a little bit about that in a minute. We've created not only a loan program, but a line of credit for our friends and neighbors that are in the middle of transitioning. So doing things like the loan is to help pay for surgery and travel. The line of credit is things for ongoing expenses like voice lessons and uh, therapy and things of that nature. We've coordinated educational series with Planned Parenthood. We're also taking a look and we're using money also as a way to get the word out. So by sponsoring what other organizations are doing, like the Men's Gay Choir and the Civic Ensemble here in in the Ithaca area. And what we're also doing is highlighting businesses that openly identify as LGBTQ to, you know, because small businesses are the backbone of our community. And I don't know about what's happening there, but our small businesses are really struggling right now. So being able to shout out to our businesses that are openly LGBTQ and let our folks know to support them. Those are some of the most powerful ways in which we can support the LGBTQ community in a way that's conducive to today's environment. I mean, last year we were in all kinds of crazy stuff. You know, we were in parades, festivals. We were even a sponsor of of a drag story hour at one of our local bookstores educating people about our transaction program. But this is a little bit of a different atmosphere. And we also want to be cognizant of all the other things that are going on. And sometimes a celebratory mood is good for some days and not so good for others. So being able to educate people about, you know, how Pride Month actually started, you know, and, you know, educating people about the movers and shakers in the LGBTQ community, not only locally, but nationally as well. Financial empowerment is the key to what Alternatives does. How can we help them help their members or constituencies have more financial empowerment? 
right? Because that is the way that people are disenfranchised more than any way else. Poverty is systemic in so many areas. Being in central New York, Ithaca is in the middle of uh, rural New York, right? So we, and, but we have two ginormous schools that have an influx of people and students and professionals and money that comes into our area that is a juxtaposition that doesn't um, happen in too many other places. So we have a wide variety of resources available to a kind of a limited amount of people. And so it's one of the reasons why Alternatives decided to open, actually, in 1979. We opened up, our credit union, our founding CEO, opened up with 500 bucks and a cash box to lend out to small companies. Serving the, the LGBTQ community, it's in your DNA, in Alternatives DNA. It's not really a strategy for your credit union, but a, a moral imperative. That kind of goes back to what you were talking about. Do you want to discuss that a little bit? It's up to us to identify who in our community is disenfranchised and figure out how to make it work. And so with the transaction financial empowerment program, we have actually on staff, we have quite a few folks that are members of the LGBTQ community and have been you know, kind of on the front lines. Yeah, let's talk about that program. That's a great program. Yeah. Yeah. So we're really on the front lines with really kind of staking a claim and planting a flag on that moral imperative. When we started, first started taking a look at this in 2017, Planned Parenthood was, it still does, but gets a, gets a reaction out of some people, whether it is uh, positive or negative, but you know, there is no qualms about where you fall politically and morally whenever you're, you're working with someone like Planned Parenthood. So we were taking a look at who, who was struggling in our area because we had actually had people come to us who were looking and trying to finance, trying to figure out how to pay for their, their transaction surgeries. People couldn't afford to do it. So, you know, they came to our financial counseling and learning how to save money, right? They took our money wise class to figure out how to budget. Can I afford to take out a, a line of credit for X, Y, and Z? Getting access to credit is one thing, but getting access to the education and the people around who are supportive and open-minded and understand the trials and tribulations and the struggles in which the population that, that we're trying to serve. So we are able to get a small grant to kind of dig into what are the needs of our, of our trans community because people are coming to us with those kind of struggles. We took a look at who else could help us. Who else is doing that? We found out nobody was. I think it was a credit union in Chicago, and it had very similar services, but not really an overt product, right? So we're like, all right, what is this going to look like? So what we started doing is we started talking to Planned Parenthood and other trans-supporting organizations in our area. So what are the roadblocks? So not only getting access to capital, but those organizations like Planned Parenthood educated us on how to do credit counseling with empathy. And we already did, right? But getting that education and digging a little deeper and asking those hard questions about how can we do our financial counseling a little bit better? How can we create a safe environment? Because that's one of the things so many of our trans friends and neighbors, how do they open themselves up to even asking the questions that they really want to ask to create a safe space for that? So what we did is we educated our staff on how to create that safe space. So it's not only listening to what the needs of our community is, but also figuring out what shortcomings 
a credit union who's just delving into this, making sure that we shore up that education and support in a way that we could do it in a very healthy and safe way for the folks that are coming to us. So it's not just, again, it's the access to support that goes along with the capital. So we change the way that we do some of our financial counseling and digging in a little bit deeper and listening to the needs of, of the folks that are coming to us. So being able to, again, to partner with those organizations. We want to be able to leave our own judgments at the door and educate everybody in our credit union. And it's a fantastic opportunity to educate our membership. And this is a huge way of how, to, how do you market gaining support for disenfranchised people? You create something that generates attention, that generates positive impact in our community, and forces conversations to happen in a way that it, that it didn't exist before. Not just about helping our trans community and our, the trans folks coming to us, but it's a way to educate our community at large about why it is important to care about the trans community, um, to educate about the, the trials and tribulations and the celebrations of the LGBTQ community, like we're supposed to be doing for, for Pride Month all month of June. But again, it's, it's having those hard conversation of open dialogue and be able to do it with an open heart and an open mind with an end of the leadership mentality. And do you have other programs that serve other communities that are disenfranchised as well? We have an initiative called Fresh Rides. We are a CDFI, um, a community development financial institution. So Fresh Rides, we got a grant from this, the, the CDFI fund to create a loan program for folks to buy a car who normally would not be able to get access to that kind of credit outside of predatory lenders. See, that's another thing, Ron is that our biggest competition aren't other credit unions and other banks. It's the used car dealerships. It's the online predatory lending. I mean, sure, you could get a $8,000 car loan to buy that used car, but you're going to pay 17%. You're going to pay 30%. Our Fresh Rides program is specifically for folks who has tried to get access to fair and equitable credit to buy a car and they couldn't get it. So what we're doing is we created a consumer loan product specifically to help people to do things like get to work. So our Fresh Rides, was, uh, we actually launched that about two years ago. And this is this next one is going to blow your mind a little bit. The transaction program is one, is one of the only ones like it in the country. And uh, hopefully that won't, hopefully we can talk this time next year on and there'll be more transaction programs all over the country. Wouldn't that be something to celebrate? Another very mission-driven loan program is called our Reentry Loan Program. Our Reentry Loan Program is specifically geared toward folks that are reentering society after being incarcerated. They're small loans, about between five hundred and a thousand dollars, specifically geared to do things like help them pay off their court fines right, to be able to get transportation to their uh, parole meetings, to be able to have a down payment on an apartment. A lot of people who are coming back to society don't have anything to be able to buy clothes and supplies and all of that stuff. So, um, but what we're doing another is another partnership. So we are partnering with the Multicultural Resource Center. We are partnering with OAR, which helps people right out, even while they're still incarcerated, helping them plan to get out of incarceration. 
So we're partnering with organizations like that. So even before they have, have been released from prison and, and our jail system, where we're starting the process for them to get access to capital and support. So that reentry loan program is very much, this has a very much of the same spirit of transaction and our fresh rides program. So it's not only educating the public about what we can do and getting access to capital to the people who need it, but it's also educating us as a credit union on how to best offer the education and support that people who are borrowing money from us need. It's that trifecta. You know, it's not just money. Money is a very powerful thing, but it's also about the education and support. But our re-entry loan program, we launched it at the end of January and we were we were about to go to all of these things and talk to all of the people and then the wheels fell off on the world. So um, things are kind of stabilizing a little bit and we created a new position specifically for loan outreach. So we can start working in a much more strategic and planned out way to go out into our community on a local, regional, and a national level to educate people on how to do programs like this. But again, is having the fortitude and the knowledge and the will to ask those hard questions. Be willing to take a look at your policies and your procedures and your products and morph them and take a little bit of risk too, right? It's one of the things that we have to But what we have to do is understand that not only are we taking a risk fiscally, but it is a risk that more credit unions and more financial institutions need to take if they want to really make fundamental change in their community. You know, figure out how to make your bottom line work in a way that mitigates that risk a little bit. But it's not only a risk for us, but we have to have the education and support in place for our membership because our members are taking... A, a, you know, a risk with us too, because debt, just as I was saying earlier, is a fantastic tool for a lot of people. But if it's not used appropriately, then it can be very detrimental to the people who are, who are taking it out. Well, that credit path is so important that you mentioned that virtually anybody that works at a credit union, you know, or anybody that's worked in it for some time that's achieved a level of, of management understands that journey and how important it is. I do. I think those of us that are doing this work, you know, that financial stability, being able to manage, and that's the hard part, right, is manage the financial stability of our organization. Our credit, we, we have to make good fiscal decisions. We need a financial stability for our members, right? So they can actually, they can pay their bills, be a part of our community. I mean, if you're financially stable, the likelihood of you being much more civically engaged is a lot higher. Yeah, there you go. That's an excellent example of that journey and financial empowerment and what it can mean. I mean, that's a great example. Yeah. One of the things that we do a little bit differently is we educate people whenever they take loans out with us. Our loan officers and our credit counselors work together as well as work with our collections or which we call our solutions department. Because you know what, Ron, we know it's going to hit the fan for our members and our businesses and our nonprofits in one way or another. We need to tell them we are here to help you. You know, if you've got to choose between paying off your loan for your company or paying the electric bill, what are we going to tell you to do? You know? So if, it, if you feel that it is starting to happen, being, again, being very transparent about how we can help you, 
being able to create a safe space of trust and transparency in a way that a lot of other financial institutions don't. Saying, hey, whenever it hits the fan for you, call us, talk to us. We will figure out a plan to help your business stay in business. It will also help you pay us back, you know, as well. And, but not, be, not putting our head in the sand about it. But that's another part of it. It's not just about educating people about making sure that they have enough money to pay their loan back, but also have the confidence in us that we can help you navigate. Whenever you go off the credit path a little bit or, that, or, or those bumpy parts, you have within us and our organizations the right people to talk to you, not to help you even get the, the loan products, but to help you keep them in a fiscally healthy way. And that's relatively new for us too, is be, you know, having that full round of a range of support with our financial counselors and our loan officers and our collection folks all working together. Even our member service folks are getting educated in our loan products as well to make sure that they are uh, telling people where to go when they come up to you, the drive-through or call us, or one of these days they'll be coming back into our branch, Ron, and having appointments with us one-on-one. <laughs> but that is also a very, I think, a very different way of helping people is being transparent and not hiding behind the trials and tribulations that all of us have. Thanks for listening to the CUNA News Podcast. Subscribe to the show on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher Radio, and Google Play.